to The Real Estate Diplomat, and I'm your host, Aaron Maslianski. Today, we're diving into an enthralling conversation with Rebecca Clower. Becky's journey from Chicago to Costa Rica embodies a blend of passion, expertise, and cultural richness. Her evolution from a Tampa realtor to a real estate luminary in Guantacosta, Costa Rica, is both inspiring and informative. Our encounter during the Chicago Association of Realtors trade mission in July of 2023 was a showcase of her deep knowledge and engaging approach. In this episode, Becky shares her unique story, gives us a glimpse into her new YouTube show, Purchasing in Paradise, and explores the synergies between vacation planning, real estate, media, and so much more. Prepare to be enlightened by her perspectives on the international real estate scene. Before we start the show, let's talk about something you may be thinking about. Do you think about living and working remotely or about retiring to a distant paradise? Have you ever thought about buying real estate around the world? If so, did you know that I am a certified international property specialist and resort and second home property specialist? I have access to an exceptional network of real estate professionals around the world that I can refer you to who will help you safely buy and sell global real estate. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, I can help you with your real estate needs directly. Head over to therealestatediplomat.com to schedule a free consultation so I can learn more about what you're looking for and direct you to your dreams. Now, let's start the show. Becky, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's so good to see you. We got to see each other this summer in Costa Rica. So it's so funny because like I've done so many podcasts over the past few years where I meet people remotely at first. And actually, I think I did meet you remotely before the trip was planned, but I feel like I really got to know you in person and now we're doing something remote. So it's like the opposite, but it's it's great to see you. Doing and it I'm, the other way around. Yeah, we're doing it the other way around. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here, I'm back here in Chicago where you came from. So, you know, how did, tell us a little bit about your background because you were born in Chicago, right? And then moved on from there. Yeah. So I was born in Des Plaines and I lived in Schaumburg. My father is actually from Chicago. He grew up on the North side of Chicago and he's a huge Cubs fan, like huge. And I went through my whole life having personalized license plates. It was it was Cubs one. And then when they weren't doing very well, he switched to Chi Bears because you can only have eight letters <laughs> maximum on your. Yeah. But then I moved to Buffalo uh, when I was about four years old. So I grew up in Buffalo, New York. So I went from cold to colder. Yeah. And I think probably figure out why I ended up in Costa Rica. But my mom is from Costa Rica and my dad's originally from Chicago. And uh, I just had a job opportunity back in 2006 that brought me out here. And here I am. And you were, so you were in Tampa before that. Is that where you honed your skills as a realtor? Exactly. Yeah. So I went to Arizona state after graduation in Buffalo. I graduated from ASU and I headed east to Tampa. I actually got into television advertising. My very first job was with Univision. Hmm. And then I worked for Warner brothers. And while I was being an account executive, I got my real estate license in Tampa. And then I started selling real estate and about a year later, I quit my corporate jobs and I just focused on real estate. But my emphasis was more so on the investment side of things. So I did more house flipping. I remodeled homes. I did assignment of contracts and foreclosures. 
And then eventually you get on the retail side because once you're, you've fixed up a house, you need to put it out there to the retail market. And so that's basically where I began my career over the course of five years. We remodeled homes and sold about 40 in a span of five years. And that's what afforded me the opportunity to basically sell everything in Tampa and move down to Costa Rica. And my very first job was actually with Remax in Tamarindo in 2006. And at that time, Blue Water existed, but only for property management. Uh, a year later, I left Remax and I added real estate to our property management company. And so we were Blue Water Properties offering real estate and property management and tour and travel. So it was a big umbrella of everything. And I haven't really looked back ever since. Wow. That's very entrepreneurial of you to go and start that with the management. And you mentioned vacations as well, because you do vacation rentals and and coordination for that too. What a great way to meet people who may want to buy a property. (laughs) I recognized early on the impact that you have if you have a property management company here and you can put all of your information in all the properties. I actually sold my property management company about two years ago. And the reason I did that is because I just had too much going on, but I always recognized that property management was a, it was a a leap source for us, not the biggest lead source, but definitely a good lead source. And so when I sold my company, I actually sold it to my CPA and we basically have a non-compete that I won't get into property management and he won't get into real estate. And they allow us to put all our information, our flyers and all of their properties. And they've grown the company. I sold it with 80 properties and they have about 130 now. So it's a great symbiotic relationship. We actually, I subleased the office in Tamarindo to them. And that's a really great setup. We we truly do help each other because I get so many leads for management, which I send to them and vice right. versa with the real estate works out. And you don't have to deal and with so, it. No, exactly. So now- I have one less headache. Real estate comes with its headaches, but I really love what I do. And I've also turned into a developer as of about 12 months ago. I did my very first successful lot project. We did 21 lots, brought in the infrastructure and added a pool, clubhouse, perimeter fencing, gates, et cetera. And that was my very first project. And we sold out the lots in five months, which was, I think, rather impressive, all things considered. Yeah. And I sold out. It, it's interesting because half of the owners are Costa Rica and the other half are from the States, Canada, et cetera. But uh, it was a great project. And that gave me a lot of the skills needed to do other uh, commercial projects. So we're just actually getting ready to break ground any day now on our first commercial project, uh, commercial building with 12 units in Flamingo near the marina. And we'll have our another office there. So that'll be our fifth office, which we're super excited about. It will be the nicest one and uh, it will be the largest one. So we're really excited for that as well. That's amazing. It's amazing how you're like building a, a business empire. I imagine though, making the move from the U.S. to Costa Rica, starting all these businesses could be a little bit intimidating. I know your mother is Costa Rican, but... How did you just decide to, hey, I'm going to go with my family. We're going to do this. We're going to make it successful. Were you going back and forth for a while? Or did somebody show you an example that you could follow in order to or mentor? No, I went back and forth. I was actually the one that kind of was against the idea at that time. 
But I figured in life, if you don't take chances, you never know what you can achieve. And I've taken a lot of chances in my life and 90% of the time they turn out okay. So those are pretty good odds. I figured if I didn't like Costa Rica, I could always move back to the United States. But if I never tried to go to Costa Rica, I would never know what it was like or what I missed. So I'm a person that prefers to live without regrets. And I definitely don't have any. It hasn't always been pretty to get to the point of where I'm at right now. Right. But I got there. And I think perseverance and just having faith are the two biggest things. And obviously putting yourself together with the people that can help you, guide you, good, honest people, everything from a good attorney to a good CPA, people advising you, affiliating yourself with the right architects and the builders, because really that's what makes or breaks your success here in this country, in my opinion. I am the broker, obviously, but if you're buying something here, you want to affiliate yourself with someone that's a good broker someone that's legal to work here, somebody that's a, a member of one of the real estate associations, which I happen to be the, the president of one of them. And right, we'll I think to- we're, yeah, and we're just trying to make everything more professional, but of course it's a risk, but if you come with an open mind and you have the right team, your risk is minimal. If you're that risk assessment person, as long as you have all the right people helping you and you understand a little bit of the market and have experts guiding you, then your risk is minimal. And Costa Rica is a totally different type of culture for Vita. Like it's just, it's more relaxed. Costa Rica doesn't have a military. It's even when we were in Gonta Costa, the airport that we flew into, it used to be a military base. And now since they don't have one, it was turned into a commercial airport, which is, I found very fascinating. And this show, we talk, uh, try to talk about the geopolitics of things and how it affects real estate. And when people are thinking about making that type of move, geopolitically, you hear about things going on all around the world. And sometimes people talk to me about, oh my God, if this happens, I want to get out or things don't feel safe in this part of the world or that part of the world. I imagine people come to Costa Rica because they feel a sense of peace. Can you speak to that? Oh yeah. Obviously I have a much different life than what I had when I was living in Buffalo or Chicago or Phoenix or Tampa, right? Because those are all the different cities that I was in. This isn't city living. Although I will say in the last 17 years, it has become increasingly easier to live here. Meaning we have all our creature comforts now. If you would have seen that 17 years ago, you would have thought I was crazy. Most of the roads were dirt. The Libera Airport, the Juan Acosta Airport, is was a glorified hangar back then. It literally was open air. And I was afraid sometimes that my kids would run past the ropes to the airplanes. And it was that kind of oh, rustic wow. fun, right? I'm exaggerating, but it wasn't. It wasn't an air-conditioned terminal. It wasn't modern. It wasn't anything like that. The first flights that came into Costa Rica were because of a gentleman named Pat Patillo, who was the developer an owner of a development called Hacienda Pinilla, which is a 4,500-acre golf and resort community just south of Tamarindo. And he basically put up a bond, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was a couple million dollars to guarantee the flights, and Delta came in here direct from Atlanta because he was from Delta three times a week. Mm-hmm. It proved to be a success, and behind Delta's coattails came all the other major carriers American is actually the one airline that brings in the most, but all of the major carriers in the States and Canada now fly in and we have charters and of course more private planes than we've ever seen in our life and high-end developments and everything in between. So, What I found was really interesting was on, when I was on the trip, we took a little sunset cruise, a few people, and the ship captain 
pointed out to us, oh, that house is Michael Jordan's house. And that house is, uh, that over there is Oprah's house by the Four Seasons. And yeah. I thought it was funny. It's, oh man, there's so much Chicago connections. <laughs> but you have <laughs> these heavy hitters there that would not be coming to this area if it weren't developed enough and having those types of amenities already set up. And it has a mix of the rural feel. We even went to a rodeo when we were there and went through the town yeah. and you could see, and you could see like the Western influence, the American influence of the different brands that are there, the different fast sure. food chains and things like that. But Absolutely. it's definitely, it, it's got a mix. Yeah, no, I remember in Liberia when they, when the golden arches arrived, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Because at first, when you first got here, you didn't feel that for good or for bad, that gringo influence, the American influence, but you see it here. You see it here. And actually in one Ecosis specifically, there's a lot of people that speak English. And that's simply because of the huge draw of tourism that we have and the need to have speak the universal language. So a lot of the younger generation are incredible. Even my sons who were both born here, they go to a bilingual school and there's a lot more opportunities now for families to move here and enroll their children in bilingual schools so that they can immerse themselves in the culture and also learn Spanish. My goal for my kids was that I wanted them to speak perfect Spanish. I wanted them, they're Ticos or Costa Rican, but nobody says Costa Rican. It's Tico if you're a guy, Tico if you're a girl. Yeah. The Ticos are very proud people and very humble people. And I just, I love also the type of Spanish that they speak here. It's very, for me, it's very clear. It's a lot easier to understand than maybe some of the neighboring countries. So I think it's really a gift that my boys speak perfect English and Spanish. And I always tell them that's the reason that I got my first job at Univision. And that opens the doors for so many people. And I also think that a good portion of my success is simply that, that I'm bilingual and bicultural. And then I grew up in that type of household. And it gives you more of a worldly point of view. And I think that's so necessary that people have that sort of point of view in the type of business that, that we do every day. Yeah. And I think that the way that you are able to reach people, you have to think very creatively in order to make that happen. So you, I feel like you draw upon your media background in order to be able to market. So you've been on different TV shows you have a, a new show coming out and I'd love to hear about it. Tell us a little bit about more what we should expect, but how does that translate to the general public when they come to find you? Is that how people find you online through that media? For sure. We get a lot of leads. I guess at this stage in my career, I get a lot of referrals, but I have a big team. We actually, my, my company is the largest independent real estate agency in the entire province. So we're a force to be reckoned with. We're a really amazing group of professionals. And above and beyond that, what I love about our group is that, again, everybody's legal to work here. Everybody is registered where they have to be registered with the taxing authority. We do things the right way. And even though we don't have mandatory licensing yet in Costa Rica, we do require all of our member or all of our agents, excuse me, to be a member of our real estate association, take the class that we offer, the continuing education that we offer. And that just goes to show other people, especially from North America, that we are trying to strive for a higher level of professionalism and integrity here, despite our challenges. We also, I spearheaded the MLS project, which is still gaining traction every day. It started really getting going in March, and we've been adding listings every day. 
The only people that have access to the MLS right now are those that are members of either one of the two real estate associations. And that's how we control it. Yeah. And, and because we don't have licensing, we had to go that route and say, okay, unless you're a member of the real estate association, you don't get access to the MLS. So does everybody use the MLS or has it been a struggle to get people to put their listings on there from other brokerages besides yours? Yeah, definitely. All the major players, at least in our area, are definitely on the MLS. So I don't want to say it's just the people that count, but the overwhelming majority of us that really sell property here that are uh, members, again, with the association, uh, have our properties on there. So right now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but there's about 1,500 properties on there. But every day we're growing, and every day more and more people are signing up to be uh, agents. Remember that this is really just something that hit this year. And it's very cultural and very political. You have to change people's outlook on things. I will say that I think it's a great tool. I used to have it when I was a realtor in Tampa. I miss it. I've missed it every day since I left in 2006. And so it's nice to have it, even if it's not 100% yet. But we'll get there. And how we're going to get there is our affiliation with other real estate sites, such as Realtor.com, which we hope in the next two months, we will be live in February or March with Realtor.com. So they'll be syndicated with the Omni MLS that we use. So that'll be really great because that'll just be another lead source and also a way for our real estate agents in North America to see our listings. You can also see them if you go to Omni MLS and just click on Costa Rica and you can see them there. And then yeah. on my website, bluewaterproperties.com, we actually have an MLS tab that basically is just a feed. It's an Excel feed that basically just carries everything over from the MLS to our website as well. I think I take it for granted here in Chicago that almost everybody uses the MLS, the multiple listing service in order to put your listings in. So it's really easy for agents to be able to find things and for consumers as well, because it feeds all these different websites. There's a lot of controversy about that, I'd have to say, but within a realtor community, because it's we're giving away the data and information, but also it makes it easier for the consumer to find a home. So it's, okay. I think it's a good thing that you're doing that there and I hope it, it succeeds. And you talk about professionalism and there's a couple realtor associations in Costa Rica, one that's based in, in San Jose. And then there's one in your area and you're the president of that right, right now. So right. how long have you yeah. been the president and how do you create an organization? Is it affiliated with the national association of realtors? Yeah. So basically I've been the president for two years. Prior to that, I was the vice president for many years. So I, I hesitated taking that opportunity to go up to president because it's a lot more work, but I think we've accomplished so much in the two years that I've, I've been here. I have a great board uh, that supports us and everything we do. And I think it's just so important to be a member of the association because it just shows people that we're very picky about who we take on. So by hiring someone that is a member of CRGAR or CCCBR, okay, which is out of San Jose, they have to meet our requirements. And our requirements are they have to be a legal resident, permanent resident, or a, a citizen of Costa Rica. They have to be registered with SUHEF, which is like a, a it's like a, the SEC. It's a superintendent of financial institutions here in Costa Rica. We have to take the course. We give them a few months to take the course. And then we have our continuing education and different things that we do throughout the year. Uh, with that, we have an affiliation with the National Association of Realtors, which is great. So anybody that's a member 
of CR GAR automatically gets to be a member of NAR, international members, basically. Yeah. And we have a lot of benefits and obviously have great networking opportunities as well. Uh, but in our membership, that's automatically included along with access to the MLS. Well, you're, it's, uh, this is something interesting that I just thought of. You see all the controversy about what's going on with National Association of Realtors right now. The, yeah. the chairman resigned, the president of the association resigned a few months ago. There was an expose about different things going on with sexual harassment in the New York Times. There's lawsuits about commissions. What's your perspective on this as somebody who's not actually in the United States, but an affiliated member of the association? I think it's a little crazy because it's the way it's always been, right? We just came to do things a certain way. It's like saying, we can't say this anymore because we decided it's not politically correct. You know what I mean? And yet that's been instilled in your mind for 40 plus years. And now they're telling me that I have to totally switch my game and what we were doing. Listen, it seems a little bizarre to me. Obviously, it doesn't affect me directly. Here in Costa Rica, we don't have that technology yet that you all have, so it doesn't affect us. Not yet anyways. So as we still function here, the sellers pay the commission, and that's just how it works. Yeah. I don't see that changing anytime soon. And it sounds to me like there might it may not stick. I don't know. It's hard to say, but there is a lot of controversy. I think we have, as agents, incredible worth. And I think that any smart consumer would want to use us, our services, even if they have to pay for it. That's my opinion. But at the same time, I think it does take away a little bit because buyers felt that, especially first-time home buyers, like to take on those additional costs unless there's a way to roll that into loans, et cetera. I've heard a few different, what I've read. It's been a little conflicting sometimes, Sure. but I'm not sure how you're feeling about it there in, in Chicago and how the... There's the a lot of class. questions. It's more questions than the answers. And the firm that I'm with, Dreamtown Real Estate, we've had different conversations in the company about what does it mean and how are we going to address it and go from there. And really, we're just waiting on guidance from the associations and then from attorneys on, on what to do. And these lawsuits are still ongoing and there will be appeals for years and different things will change. One thing that I just do is best practice for just how I handle my clients Anytime I'm working with the buyer, I meet with them first and I have a consultation and I have them sign a buyer representation agreement, which delineates that if I'm not getting compensated by this, the listing brokerage, they would pay me. I always talk, I've been doing this for years. So the fact that this is coming up now, um, personally, I think it's, it would be better if everyone had to get this signed because then I'm not coming up to an obstacle that other people aren't providing as well, that you have to have an agreement. I like the formalization of it. I like to create a relationship with my clients. I'm not somebody who likes to just get a phone call and show a property. I like to sit down, know what they're looking for and really help them like you do. I think it will, hopefully the positive view of it is that it enhances professionalism and makes sure that people have those types of conversations, just like you go and meet with an accountant or an attorney and you sign an engagement letter, you do the same with a real estate professional. Correct. Correct. I think the main issue is just, again, it's cultural, right? It's like the way it's always been. And it's what my uphill battle is here, trying to push the MLS. The good news is that, and the other issue too in Costa Rica is that most of us weren't real estate agents in North America before coming here. So I had a different mentality. Guys, you have no idea what you're missing, truly. 
-hmm. So when I came into it, it took me five years of working on that project. And then we had a little something called the pandemic happen. And then everything (laughs) was put on the burner. And then after that, we finally got it here. But man, it was such an uphill battle. And we have definitely had our naysayers, but I've definitely pulled a lot of those naysayers over to our side at this point because they see that it's a benefit. Poco poco, like I say, little by little, we're inching up with this. So that's good. That's good. And you mentioned the pandemic. Did you have a ton of people moving during that time because they wanted to just oh, yeah. be in the warmth and work remotely? And has it changed since? The pandemic was, yeah, the pandemic, it was bizarre. Believe it or not, my most profitable year since I started real estate up until that point was 2020, which is wow. really bizarre. So that's actually a situation that I couldn't explain other than there was just this mass exodus that people just wanted to get out. And so that for me, it was the craziest year. I sold several properties sight unseen, luxury properties sight unseen. It was crazy. And yeah, we had a lot of people moving here because they preferred to be in wide open spaces and being locked up in their concrete jungles if they were coming from bigger cities. And I understood some people came for sabbaticals, but a heck of a lot of people bought properties. My very best year in real estate was last year, but we have had our best year to date this year uh, with my team in general. We sold more properties. We ended at around 113 million with my team, which I think is spectacular because we have a mostly cash-based market and that's not easy, Right. but our transactions were down. Our transactions were down, but we were selling more high-end product. So it was an interesting year. Yeah, no, sure. that definitely is. And for those people who are moving from abroad, certain countries have restrictions on foreigners buying property, like Canada. They don't want people who are not from Canada buying residential property because it drove up the prices so much. How easy, yeah. How easy <laughs> or complicated is it for a foreigner to come into Costa Rica and buy real estate and become either just a get a green card essentially or become a citizen? First of all, it's super easy to buy real estate here and it's very safe. The attorneys here handle closings, not escrow agents. I know that every state's different, but in Florida, we had escrow companies handle the closing. Here is the buyer, you always choose the attorney closing and they're the person that will do the title search and and everything. And you can purchase in your own personal name or you can purchase in a corporation, either or. There's benefits to purchasing in a corporation and vice versa with your name, depending on what your goals are. And here, most of the property is titled. So really our only restrictions come with the majority of oceanfront land, which is protected. And that's a concession Basically, think of it as a 20-year land lease that's renewable as long as you follow the rules. So with the exception of a good portion of our oceanfront land, the rest is fee simple, fully titled fee simple. And foreigners have the same ownership rights as Costa Ricans. So it's that's why it's great and it's safe. You don't have to fear that the government's going to come and take away your property after you purchased it, which you hear about in other countries, which is a little bit scary. So I can at least say with 100% certainty that your investment is safe here for sure. And they don't really care how you make your money. If you're making it in crypto or anything like that, they're not looking to try to tax it if you're not making the money in Costa Rica. Listen, Uncle Sam is definitely friends with Costa Rica, right? They know what's going on here. Just right. to give you an idea, I'm a citizen, but now when I'm opening accounts, they ask me for my social security number. And I'm like, why do you need my social security number if I'm a Costa Rica citizen? 
because you're born in the States. And I'm like, ridiculous. I have nothing to hide. But that sort of thing started coming after all these anti-money laundering rules and regulations that we have to fill out. So basically, for example, I have a preference for US-based escrow companies. We use one of them in particular called TLA, which I really like. And they receive funds in Texas. So therefore the paperwork is minimal, meaning you literally fill out a know your client form and you sign the escrow agreement and you provide a copy of your passport. That's it. If you open up escrow in Costa Rica, however, you need six months of bank statements. You need your W-2s. You need like all your tax stuff. And it's a little bit nightmarish and can turn people off. The only time that we can't really use US-based companies is if there's a loan on the property in Costa Rica, for example, yeah. or if the buyer or seller, it, it creates difficulties if either one of the two parties is receiving funds within Costa Rica, but using a US-based, because basically they're going to ask you for the, all that information to source the funds. So it's almost like you're opening a Costa Rican escrow account if you're receiving money here and you started in the US. So that's why we, it's a case by case situation, but I would say overwhelming majority, probably 80% of my personal closings are done with US-based escrow accounts. And one of the interesting things that I learned from some of the people that came and spoke to us when we were there for the trade mission was just how similar the process is and with the attorneys and everything else like you're talking about. And even if you want to get land and title to be able to develop, it's a similar process with the zoning analysis and approval and environmental review and everything else. And it's very similar. I think if somebody's looking to do that, they'd feel familiar, I'd have to say. For sure. Let's be real. There's not nearly as much documentation here as there is in the States. I used to remember stacks of paper like this. I don't miss that. Here it's literally sure. like, like three pages and people say, that's it. It's only three pages. It's literally the deed that you have to sign and the escrow agreement. That's it. Yeah. It's it's bizarre. Again, remember most of our deals here are cash. Now banks started about two years ago, reintroducing foreign financing. So it is nice to have the option. Of course, they're never going to fully compete with loan products in the States, but it's nice to be able to have that option. Yeah. So for example, you can get a loan with 35% down with a couple of different private banks here. 20 year, it's amortized over 20 years at 7.75%. The only catch is there is no such thing as a fixed rate mortgage. So it does adjust every six months. And some people don't like that, but really people understand that's how it is in most of the world. And I think we're spoiled in North America. Totally. They wouldn't be so bummed about it. But obviously most of our clients continue to pay cash because- they have something to leverage in North America. They either have a house or they can get use their home equity line or they can do a second mortgage or they sell a property over there because it's just easier, of course. But not all of us have all the cash laying around or properties we can sell or properties that we can leverage. And that's when it's nice to have the option of bank financing for foreigners here in Costa Rica. So I'm happy that we can at least offer a product. Yeah, it gives you an option. But if you're looking, let's say, to buy a vacation home or an investment property, a couple questions like what types of price ranges should I be thinking about and how easy is it to have somebody manage it like your your former management firm manage the property for rental or if like you're on vacation or you only come there six months out of the year, does somebody actually come in, check on the property, fix things when things need repair? Tell us about that. 
Absolutely. I have two rentals myself and I don't even manage them, which people think is funny, but I have zero interest after I sold my property management company to get back into that business again. So that's part of what I negotiated. So they basically oversee everything. I I only personally buy my cleaning products and I leave a welcome basket. That's the extent of my involvement. And that's because I live next door to one of the properties. And so for me, buying my own products is no big deal because I'm already doing it from my own house. But they deal with the contracts, the check-ins, the concierge, the transportation, the tours, the taxes, taking payments, et cetera. So they're the, and, and of course, the cleaning service and the maintenance service as well. So they're a one-stop shop and there's many different options now. It wasn't that way years ago, but there's many great professional companies in the area that can handle property management. Depending on whether or not you have a house or a condo, most property management companies will charge 20% of the gross rents for short-term vacation rental, uh, usually 10% for long-term. And they do have a monthly fee because they pay all your bills and they have to do a lot of other things like checking on your house, even if it's not rented, et cetera. So it's just to basically cover overhead, but that's the going rate in Costa Rica. And then in terms of just like prices of properties themselves, you could buy a condo for what's the lowest price for a condo. And then what do you see as like, high-end houses in the area? Sure. For condos, we have more modest condos in the 100,000 range and up. If you're looking for like a one-bedroom or a studio, and then we just sold a a two-bedroom bill at the Waldorf Astoria for 2.2 million. It's bonkers because there's this and that and and everything in between. So we have something for everybody. The, The key to success here, depending on what your budget is and what your goals are, is... If you're going to buy something to rent, it needs to be in an area that is desirable for rentals, right? And generally speaking, it might be a little bit more expensive because you want to be more touristed areas, okay? Yeah. But if you're somebody that says, you know what, I don't need to make all the money right now. I'm this pioneer looking for the future. Then you can go to areas that are more off the beaten path that are going to get there in the next five years, 10 years, whatever. And so there's still a lot of opportunities to be had here in Costa Rica. You just really need to know where to look more than anything. I love that. I, I, it was really just interesting for me to see just the open land and new development because where I am in Chicago, it's all built and it's only redevelopment that you see. So it's it, it. I imagine it as it may have been here 40, 50, 60 years ago before everything was developed. So it's a cool thing if you're into real estate to just go see it, take a trip and view it. But if you aren't ready yet to make the trip, it's always good to see what's going on. And and you just started a show on YouTube called Purchasing in Paradise. What's the show mm-hmm. like? I got to see the first episode, but tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I've always had this dream of doing a real reality show because I've done a lot of shows for HDTV, such as House Hunters International, Beach Trump Bargain Hunt, Beach Around the World, Live Here, Buy This, which uh, was for HGTV Canada, actually. And it was a great experience, but I felt like those were shows that were geared towards the buyers of the property and not the story behind the broker agents and their lives. And so dare I say was a little bit inspired by selling Sunset on Netflix, but we obviously said, okay, that's not us. That's not anywhere near what Costa Rica is. This isn't the the fashion capital. This isn't the OC. We're not in our stiletto heels and our Mm -hmm. Gucci where this area is, it, but it's amazing. It's nature. It's funny. It's feeling free. It's feeling healthy. 
Uh, it's an incredible lifestyle and just really more than anything, happy people. And so that's what I was trying to portray. Just my amazing team, the things we do for fun, what we do when we're not selling real estate and a glimpse really behind our company, how we got to where we are. And, and of course it's my story, but it's our story. And so it's a lot of fun. Our goal was to make people laugh more than anything and also wow them with the kind of real estate that we have here, especially in the province of Juan Acosta, because I think a lot of people don't know that we have this level of real estate and it's not just ultra luxury properties. It's we try to put other things in there as well, but it's our office scenes. It's our team building events at the volcano or whitewater tubing or surfing or doing whatever it is that we're doing. That's our daily life. And I think a lot of people dream to be in a place where they want a vacation where we work. And so we want to show them what we do. It's not that we're always goofing off. We work hard too, but we play hard. And so it. that's basically it. And I think Costa Rica is such a special place and maybe I'm biased, but the shots, the crew that that helps us do the show is amazing. His name is Julio Carvajal. He's out of San Jose, the capital. And they basically come here for several days and we basically knock out a few different episodes. So we'll be dropping one episode a month. And who knows, maybe someone out there will see the episode and want to put it on more of an international screen. But right now we air it on my personal YouTube channel, which is Rebecca Clower. And we're super excited. We're going to be filming three more episodes on the week of February 5th. And I hope people tune in. These are shorter episodes. So they're only around 14 minutes each. So they're not the typical 22 and a half, 30 minute format. And so you don't have to, you won't tune out so easily. And we definitely keep you entertained for sure. I know it's hard to get people's attention for a while, but I watched it with my wife. We had a good time. It's, it is funny. It's, and it's awesome. And it, I think it really shows what the area is like having just been there recently. And I, I think on top of that, I have, sorry, I have such an amazing team and everybody has a story. And that's what I was trying to put out there too, that we're so incredibly just diverse and it's a mixture of Costa Ricans and Costa Rican Americans and Argentinians, but we're all residents of Costa Rica. We all speak Spanish, but obviously we do business mostly in English. And so the, the show also is a little bit in Spanish and a little bit in English on episode two, we're going to put subtitles because I forgot that not everybody is bilingual. So when we're speaking Spanish, we'll have subtitles in English, which is something we fail to do in episode one. Part of that was to show people that we're not just a bunch of gringos running around Costa Rica selling real estate. We're professionals. We're from here. We have family here and we speak English and Spanish. And that was my goal for this show was to be a little bit more diverse as well. Yeah. I love what you're doing. You're involved in so many different things with the, with selling real estate, helping people, developing real estate, media. You got so many different projects going on. What more do you have planned? I imagine it, <laughs> the area is not so big. There's not so many no, realtors no. that are there. Everyone knows each other. I feel like that could be a whole nother nope. show. <laughs> That's it, yeah. And I love meeting everybody. It's all different types of personality. It's it's a great group. It really is. But what do you think, what's your next steps for Blue Water Properties and, and your ventures? Well, there's definitely a lot of characters here. I think we all know that. And it is a small town, really. My next project, well, currently we're opening up our fifth office in Nosada, which is a really hot area. So we're super excited about that. We just, I'm just finishing up some 
uh, ordering of furniture and painting. And, and we're going to have our grand opening party there at the end of January. And then we're filming, of course, our three episodes, February 5th. Um, and we have our team building event, which will also be filmed by the crew up at Rincon de la Vieja Volcano. So we're going to be whitewater tubing. We'll go to the hot springs. We're going to be zip lining, and we're going to be going, obviously, eating and we're going to do a hike to a waterfall. So all of that we'll do in one day, um, but obviously we'll spread it out during the different episodes, but it's actually a one day tour. And for me, it's like the best value that exists if anybody comes to Costa Rica and wants to enjoy and do as much as possible one day. And that's at the base of one of the most well-known volcanoes here in the country. Oh my God. sounds amazing. I uh, so if somebody actually wants to come and do that trip, should they reach out to you and contact you? Or could you help them with that? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I did the tour and travel thing for 15 years, so I know a little bit about it and I know all the contacts. I actually just refer people to my old concierge team because they are top notch. So that's basically where I would lead them to. And they don't have to do any work. It's amazing. They can, if they have a car, they can drive up themselves. It will save you money. But if they don't, then we, you can go with a van and a guide and it's nice, especially if people don't want to drive or want to hear a little bit more about the country all the way up to on the hour and a half drive. I highly recommend it. Absolutely. So how should people find you online? I'll have everything in the show notes, but if you're watching, what's the best way to reach out? Yeah. Email, which is Becky at BWPCR. So it's BWP for Blue Water Properties, CR.com. I have WhatsApp and iMessage. The country code here is 506. And then my cell phone is 8705-1850. On Facebook, I am Rebecca Clower. And on Instagram, my handle is I am Rebecca Clower. And I also have my YouTube channel, Rebecca Clower. So if you type in Rebecca Clower, it will probably take you to all those different places. And like I say, I think it's great. We really try to put out a lot of fun, interesting content and really try to put out some really fantastic properties and help every one of our clients despite their budget. We never say no. When it's possible, we make it possible. So we're always here to help. You're creating dreams and making them actually reality. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And we also sell businesses and I'm more on the development side of things. So if there's any development out there that are interested in purchasing land and, and building and understanding A to Z. I just finished my most recent ebook because you asked me what I was up to. Mm -hmm. uh, I just finished my most recent ebook on development and how to develop here in Costa Rica. I'm happy to share that. It's free. If anybody wants to shoot me an email or text, I'll be happy to share that book with them as well. I'd love to see that too. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I just finished it. That's why I didn't give it to you because they're still <laughs> making a few little changes, but it turned out really awesome. I'm super proud of it. That's so cool. I love what yeah. you're doing. I really appreciate your time today. And I'd love to come back to Costa Rica. And if anybody wants to come with me, <laughs> we can go with Becky and see all these different properties and buy some places. That'd be a lot of fun. No, I super appreciate it, Aaron. I think I told you when I met you, that's my brother's name and that I would never forget you. And he's in <laughs> Buffalo and he's coming to see me next month. So next time you're here, we'll be sure to take care of you and happy to help any referrals as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Have a great one. You too. Thanks for listening today. To learn more, go to therealestatediplomat.com and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. 